It is episode 371 of This Is Whole Life. This is live from Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. Tuesday afternoon, Wednesday morning in your earbuds. This is where we discuss the things, the topics that we're talking about each week here at Whole Life Church in Orlando. And food. Uh, I inhaled a sandwich just moments ago. It's probably going to give me heartburn, so excuse that. Uh, Melanie was... I may or may not have been eating five-day-old caramel corn, but, you know, yeah. you do well, what you got to do. And I was uh, finishing my daughter's Indian <laughs> food leftovers from is, three three or four days ago. So. This is what happens when staff meeting goes over by yeah. an hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, uh, we talk about theology and food. And food. And, you know, and food is, I feel like, you know, worship brings us the music component. The podcast kind of brings in the food because the food, we can all relate to food. And so I feel like every little piece of our worship has a little part to play in this process. And if you have missed or you're new, uh, we are currently in the Chosen series. We are following not all 24 episodes currently available of the TV show, The Chosen. Yeah, we're waiting till uh, they get to, let's see, what would it take to, <laughs> seven times eight. You know, after they do, when they finish the series after, because it's supposed to be seven se- seasons long, right? I think it's seven, yeah. Then we could do a full year. Oh man, the whole, wow. nothing We could but. because, yeah, just every single Sabbath for a full year. I'm going to have to give you, I'm I'm going to have to say, I think that's a bad idea. I think that would get a little, I mean, I love the show, but I'm just. Just a little too much, Randy? So I think, so what you're trying to say is we're getting it just right right now. I think we're getting it just <laughs> okay. right. And I, I feel like it's been planned that we have people thinking about this and mm-hmm. with great detail. And, and I, I feel like we're, <laughs> we're on the right path. Last week was week one. So if you go back into your feed, you'll see. It was season one. It was episode one. I have called you by name. Mm-hmm. This is week two. This is season one, episode four, The Rock It Is Built On. And this was Stanley's favorite. Well, Stanley's kind of an honorary staff member here. He's uh, here just about as much as most of us some weeks and putting in hours for us in, in all kinds of creative ways. I wish I would have brought along, you know, something to record what he was like, what he talked about. On Friday night, because I thought we had a really good discussion. I don't, I don't feel like you should, Randy, because you know if people want to hear it. They should have been there. Oh, of course. Now, now I have to say, in fairness, <laughs> there are many people who probably couldn't be there that are listening to this. That's right? true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I take back what I said. That was wrong of me, Randy. I yeah. apologize. Okay, well, <laughs> reel that back in. That was close. <laughs> Maybe you should edit that out. This is Randy. But I don't think you will. Because no, no. This is Randy fanning this is himself. Randy with being right. Notes. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> I really uh, thought though that Stanley always brings a. He's a, a filmmaker himself, and so he likes to bring in some of those details that you may not notice if you're not paying attention. And sometimes the way they do things. They know you're not paying attention to it specifically, or you're probably not the average person who wouldn't know. But, you know, setting yourself up for these musical changes that just are in the background subtly, and all of a sudden you're feeling something different. And sure, there's something powerful on screen, but it's, you know, it plays a part in the music and all of that. So the fish scene towards the end of this episode, I don't know how that couldn't be one of your favorite, at least, maybe not the whole episode, but at least that piece of it was so unique and the way I've always thought about it, maybe growing up or different times I've read through that story, it really puts the real power and the feeling and the Peter look. <laughs> <laughs> that episode, yeah, that whole um, the raised eyebrow, like, you know, he's just, what he, I tell you? <laughs> you know, 
he's so upset. And man, if there's an episode though that I resonate with Peter in a lot of ways, it's this one. And I think a lot of people, if you haven't seen it, do go back and watch it because it's powerful in the realization that Peter's a pretty confident guy. He's been set up by this point through four episodes that even his wife is like, well, you know, people like you. Oh, the popular Peter. And, you know, people want to talk to you and people listen to you and people do what you say. And so, you know, Peter, whether he likes it or not, or whether he uses it for right or wrong, he's a leader. He's obviously a flawed leader, but he's someone that people gravitate towards no matter what. And I just think that, you know, tying this in with Angela's message of self-sufficiency was just like, you know, woo, you know, over the bleachers. This was a perfect companion because here Peter is all these things. He's a leader. He's strong. He's when he's leading the the Romans out in the boat and they run aground. <laughs> hashtag spoiler alert, because he doesn't want them catching the people they're actually out to catch the other Jews fishing on Shabbat. In one way, you just love Peter because he's got all these great ideas. You want it, you want him to succeed. You can just feel yourself gravitating towards him. But then when he gets more towards the conversation with Eden, where he has to come clean, like, yeah, I don't have this. And when I told you I had it, I looked you in the face and I lied. And you're like, oh, shoot, that's the, that's the guy I can. <laughs> that's the guy that I can see myself in in situations in my life that I've made worse by either not asking for help and sometimes asking for help from my spouse or asking help from God. And I'm just like, why do why is it when we have lowest point problems? Why is why is waiting and just sinking to the bottom so much easier than praying from the top? I feel like you're jumping to season three. Yeah, season three, sinking to the bottom. Well, with no. Peter. Oh, dum, dum, <laughs> uh, hashtag spoiler alert. That's way into season three. It might almost be the end. It is. I don't know if it's a spoiler alert if you've read the book. <laughs> <laughs> by That's, the way, <laughs> by it's the like way, watching Titanic and being surprised. When, when I totally thought they were going to make it. He yelled, <laughs> he yelled, iceberg. What's going on? Come on, get on that door. You can both fit There's up there. There's room, right, Rose? Come on. No, but but Do you know somebody. Okay, I can't help myself. You know somebody actually did a study. Oh no! <laughs> on the ending of that movie, and determined that that Jack and her would not have been able to survive on that on that. So it really wasn't. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Well, I don't there know. you go. I Somebody don't know. actually can you believe people have the time to do those kinds? Of, that's, that was phenomenal. They probably anyway. got that was probably a grant. They probably got paid to do it. But probably. you know what? How many people have actually had this discussion? So maybe it was worth the grant. You know what? I'll give it. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, Peter goes and he exhausts every other possibility he takes a tongue lashing from his wife who is upset and who's like i don't want you here tonight go and fish and be away from me Mm. she's that upset i mean she's she's crying clearly he's now realizing where he's put himself he's having this vicious conversation with god which i don't know about anybody else if i'm just like oh yeah i remember that one Mm. that was back here that was over here Mm -hmm. i can remember those conversations in my life 
And then when he's on his knees on the beach, he's like, you're the person we've been waiting for for so long. And I'm a horrible, you know, and he's just pouring out his heart. While that's beautiful that he makes the, you know, the realization of who he is, he's gotten past Andrew's pestering that he just, you know, he can't, can't take anymore. And I totally resonated and said, man, I have so many times waited for help or to ask for help or to seek other alternatives outside of my own ideas until I've gotten to the bottom instead of at the top when you go, hmm, the Romans, taxes, my house, my boat, my livelihood, jail, and not nice jail. Like Ken put it, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be like today's, this is like nasty jail. Why doesn't that come easier than waiting all the way down? And I don't know the answer to that. I don't know why we choose that piece. It just It's so frustrating when you're watching it. Almost my frustration is just like, just do it. But okay, so in Peter's defense... Okay. Right, he didn't know Jesus. Right, where, where was he supposed to go? I mean, he he did everything that he was supposed to do. You know, he's he's calling out to God. He's you know. So so at what point was he supposed to go seek out Jesus, knowing that Jesus was the answer? Basically, Jesus could have showed up at any time. Jesus yeah. shows up on the beach the morning after they've spent all night fishing. So sometimes I don't know that it's necessarily your timing, Randy or my timing, or anybody's timing. Maybe it's just God's timing. This is just the way it is. Maybe. Oof. That's a very unsatisfactory answer. Zero, You're welcome. Zero, <laughs> out, zero out of five stars. Do not recommend. <laughs> no, I mean, I, and that seems like such a, an easy pet answer that it's like, well, I don't know. So it must be that that's the way God wants it. And maybe that's true. I'm not certainly not going to argue that that's there was, not. There was a monologue that Peter has in you know this episode that that's extra biblical that the the writers put in that, that's not in the scriptures but they they basically have Peter out in the boat he's fishing nothing's going right and he has this conversation with God and he's like you know you bring us out of Egypt and then you you know we have we go through and he basically goes through all the ways that God just years. yeah you know 400 years of slavery and he's like you know if i didn't know better i just feel like you were trying to toy with us kind of it's like you're just just you get some sort of sick amusement out of us kind of like squirming around and uh i don't i like i said i i had that clip all pulled in my notes and it stayed on the cutting room floor just for time's sake but i think that when you watch that scene if you've never been in that place you can Maybe you don't relate, but if you have been, you're just like, yes, I know exactly <laughs> how you're feeling right now. And I understand that feeling of just like, well, the worst part is not wondering if there's a God. The worst part is knowing there's a God and just why can we not just, you know, get this thing figured out? Why can't we just, why can't you just take care of it for me now? And so... In this episode, you know, Peter kind of has to hit his bottom before Jesus shows up to to bring him back up. And hmm. I think, um, I don't know, I wonder sometimes how much we would appreciate things if God didn't allow us to, I don't know. Uh, and, well, would Peter have followed Jesus if he'd been doing pretty well yeah. with his fishing business? You yeah. Know? He might have been like... Hey, thanks for the offer, but I got a good thing going here. My wife probably wouldn't appreciate it if I left right now. So, yeah, it could have been easy yeah. for him to say no. 
I also wondered, I don't know how relevant it is, but after, as a staff, what was probably a couple months ago, we did the DISC assessment. Mm-hmm. And I totally tabbed Peter as a D, right? <laughs> like, And so I'm just like, you know, Ken and I laughed because I think we're the only two people on staff that are Ds. Maybe you should uh, give the characteristics of a D for those um, who have not taken the DISC assessment. What are the characteristics? It's a dominant... Usually it tends to be a very uh, let's get things done. done. I don't have time to talk about this. Let's let's just in our staff meetings. It's you can wa- look around the room and Randy and I start getting fidgety when people start <laughs> starting wanting to have a conversation. And it's like like we see. Here's the answer. Let's just move on. Let's let's. The, this is obvious not, to everybody, right? Right. Come on. <laughs> let's go. Let's let's keep things moving. And and probably usually pretty assertive types. Um, probably tend to to be uh you know we probably tend to think that there's not too many situations that we can't figure our way out of and i definitely you know in this the this episode scenario and i think biblically when you look at peter peter is pretty confident in his abilities and his i could definitely see if you know you substituted peter's name out and put ken's name in yeah i could see ken doing that no totally (laughs) totally see that happening but maybe even equally, maybe more frustrating, seems to be where's the balance of here's someone who clearly pretty much has his stuff together. He's pretty confident, figures there's not many things he can't figure out or things that he won't excel at, things that he will do very well, and probably that may be the hesitancy to ask for help. Where's the balance of that person and, and, and bringing back into it Angela's message of being self, you know, when self being self-sufficient isn't enough? Because I think it's a good thing if you can manage your life, you can, you know, overall take care of yourself and do things that don't cause you undue pain, stress, financial stress. I mean, all those things that, you know, people who quote unquote have their stuff together. Right. That should be a good thing. But obviously you can take that too far where then it's, well, why would I, why would I go with God? I'm doing just fine all on my own. Is there, is there a balance that works out really well? Or is that just everyone's got to find their own niche in how that plays out? No, I think there's definitely one way for everyone to do it. Is there? <laughs> well, well, that's I'm so happy you said that. Okay, so we're gonna start. We're gonna get you on the D train here, and you're gonna join us. Well, Melanie, Melanie definitely got plenty of sugar. She's definitely feeling a little extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like I may it. or may not have gotten a surplus, which I think could technically still be Randy's fault because he's the one that brought it back mm-hmm. from Chicago. So there we go. It's your fault, Randy. <laughs> well, of course it is. But you know, speaking to this idea of self sufficiency, I thought it was cool the way that they they portrayed it in the movie because Peter was not sufficient in his lack, but he was also not sufficient in his surplus. He had to yell for help when he did get what he asked for, you know, so, so on both Mm. sides of that equation, Mm. he still wasn't sufficient. That's true. I didn't think of that. No, that's very, that's very good. It just, it just seems like no matter what you choose in, in that case, there's somehow you end up where he ended up. So I I just think we put undue stress on ourselves when we're just like, you know, you look at somebody else that seems to be doing well and like, what's their secret? You look at Ken, he's confident and, you know, he seems to have it all together. And then he'll say, oh, man, I really, you know, I blew this or I I made a mistake here. And you're like, man, I just, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't have picked that out. And we just don't know those struggles. And I wonder how much we miss other people being able to. 
somehow help in that way that we're, we're open or we're, that we're just allowing the Holy Spirit to bring people to us with this realization to just be kind and be there to listen where it seems like Peter isolated himself. Well, he definitely, at least in the story here, he isolated himself a ton because of the decisions that he made people like, nope, 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 nope. That was a bad idea. Bad idea. He was the only one that thought it was a good idea until it was like, Oh, they cut off a piece of my wife's favorite ear, <laughs> you know, like maybe this wasn't such a great idea. So I, I, I think that to me, part of it was realizing that I'm a lot like Peter. How can I also be open for myself and to be able to help others who may not have maybe realized yet that there's this balance or there's this maybe just need for someone to come alongside and be available so I think it's. I think we're, we we are the culmination of our experiences, right? And if you take out any major experience in your life, you're a, you end up being a different person because that experience is gone. Mm. Now, there are some experiences I would go back and erase if I had the opportunity, <laughs> and oh, maybe yeah. I would end up a better person. I don't know on the other side, but I I do also have the stop smiling, both of you. I'm just, I, don't, I wasn't laughing about you. I was just, just thinking I, that if I could go back and erase some experiences, I might there might be some counselors that had less money. <laughs> I'm like, I immediately thought of three. So maybe my purpose in life is to support the professions of counselors. <laughs> but I also have confidence in what I have confidence in the fact that if God needs to break through, God breaks through. Mm. I, I I know that there's this idea of listening for the still small voice. And I think that's fantastic for us to take that reflection time and quiet time and listen for the still small voice. But I think that if God wants to speak, God shows up on the beach, you know, God gets in the boat. Yeah. God fills up your net. Like, like I don't, I don't know that we're, you know, that God is has such a soft voice that that God can't get through. So you don't think Peter had to do his part and get in the boat and go out there all night long? I, what I'm saying is, I think that that is what Peter had to do, and Jesus is the one who broke into that. He's, so it's not like Jesus, it's not like Peter was in the boat paying attention to Jesus, Jesus broke in. That's what I'm trying to say. So wherever you are in your life and whatever you're doing in your life, whatever circumstance you're in, if God chooses to break in, God breaks in. No, I like that. And uh, I thought another thing that the show portrayed was that, uh, you know, Peter goes out there fishing alone and who shows up? Yeah. You know, his, his brother shows up, his James and John, his buddies show up. Zebedee, their dad, shows up in the show. And I think it, it speaks a little bit, you know, when you say, what can we do? We can show up. You know, they didn't catch anything. We're not Jesus. But sometimes just being there with people in that moment with them as they're going through whatever they're going through is 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 what's needed. And then I think we can – well, I think one of the fun things in the episode is just watching Andrew know that Jesus is about to do something. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jesus, use our boat. Use I mean, he's – He's so psyched when Jesus shows up and Peter's so nice, like whatever. And, you know, we can be that, you know, we can be that Andrew figure in somebody's life that's like, just just, just try it. Just 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 just, yeah. just give it a shot. Just, you know, let Jesus let Jesus into the boat. Let him in. Just just give it a shot. Just just see. Maybe my favorite part of them all showing up was Zeb, father of James and John, saying that your wife might be upset, but she's not crazy. Something to that effect. She knew you were going to need help. She wasn't. She wasn't above 
coming to ask for just because you wouldn't. Yeah. She wasn't. And, you know, she was so mad. She's like, I don't even want you here tonight. Like, go and do and be. And I've already scolded you for not being the man that I'm, you know, that I married. You haven't been searching after God lately. And so she gave him the what for, sends him out. But then it's like, oh, nuts. He's going to be out there all night by himself. And I, I just thought that was a really cool idea for those of us that, or if you're in a you know, relationship or if you're married, that even when you're sometimes pretty upset, it doesn't mean that you don't care. It just means that you're upset. Yep. And that was a, I just thought that was a pretty cool moment. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, well, the one thing I did want to, uh, cause there was a lot of discussion in the chat room and it might've been started by Stanley. Um, but <laughs> Um, the, the idea that Peter is the foundation of the church, the rock, he was, the rocket is really was, uh, he's like, it was in the meantime, he's like, I'm so embarrassed in first service. Like I just, I kept, I couldn't shut my mouth. It just kept coming out. And he's like, (laughs) this was like a paradigm shift for me because this isn't how I've thought of it. And he's like, Ken was so gracious and just put his hand on my leg. I was like, okay, I'm going to stop you there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I didn't take it that way. I was like, you know, we're all vulnerable. We, yeah. It's good to say what you think, and then we can have these discussions. Yeah, and I think it's worth saying that this is probably classic Seventh-day Adventist theology. Um, okay. And it is not shared by a large number of other people. And so if you're not sure what I'm talking about right now, it's the idea that in Matthew 16, 18, where Jesus says, um, your name is Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, I suggest in this sermon that that Jesus is not referring to Peter as being the rock on which he's going to build his church, that he's referring to himself. And so when he says Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock, I suggest that there's a wordplay going on in there that Jesus is saying, you're a small rock, I'm the big rock, and I'm going to build my my church on me, not on you. I showed a text from 1 Peter where Peter refers to Jesus as the foundation stone and that he and that the rest of us are these living stones being built up on him to suggest that it seems to me that that uh, the the Peter had an understanding of where his what what was really being built on, and then it also mentioned you know if if in fact Jesus was saying that Peter was the rock on which he was going to build his entire kingdom, then why were the rest of the disciples arguing over who was the greatest in in God's kingdom? It was clearly Peter. He's the cornerstone on which everything else is going to be built. That said, there's a lot of um, people that I would actually say are, are much more uh, biblically scholarly than I am that that. That study and they see something different. They see that, that Peter is the rock, and that's the that's the route that they go on. That that Jesus is building on that. Uh, Melanie and I were just looking at a commentary that 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 was talking about that. So, so you know, I want to go ahead and just absolutely stipulate. There's other ways to see this passage, but for me, I do think it matters. I'm I feel very comfortable with the position that I take on this. And the reason I just, I feel deeply uncomfortable with the idea that that our faith could be grounded on anything other than Christ. Hmm. Um, yeah. And that, that any human being is, that, that any other human being is, is what Christ would choose to put everything else on top of. For me, that that doesn't fit in with the totality of the gospel. It certainly doesn't fit in with the rest of the New Testament, where you have Paul writing about 80% of the rest of the New Testament. So 
for me, it, it it's really problematic when you want to say it. And the only reason I can see you wanting to, to use that is if you're trying to go with the theological point of apostolic succession that, okay, because Peter is this stone, then the next person who's going to be the head of the church, and then the person after that, which is which is a part of Roman Catholic theology. And so anyway, with all that to say, for me, it's a lot more comfortable thinking that Jesus is building him, his church on himself as opposed to the flawed human being that is Peter. It's also comforting to, for me to know that Christ still uses Peter yeah. and built, uses him to be a part of that living temple that Peter talks about in First Peter, and that we're all, you know— all of us have other people that that we're influencing and that they're they're able to to maybe start their faith journeys off with us or we add something to the faith journey that they're on i love that part but i don't i, I frankly don't want anybody making me their foundation <laughs> um, I, yeah so let me just throw a little wrench in there sure this word church it's tran- translated church Right, the word is ecclesia, in Greek. It means assembly. It means gathering. It means get together. And yet, the way that we typically see it when we translate it, and Matthew is actually the only um, gospel writer that uses that, uses that word. Um, the way that we translate it, I think we we put it in terms of what we understand to be the church. You know, this this global institution. And I wonder if when Jesus was talking to Peter about building his ecclesia, his gathering, his get-together, his people, he had in mind some sort of global institution, or if he was thinking more in terms of coming together. But wasn't that ecclesia, wasn't that, wasn't that word used for military assemblies? Wasn't that often used for that? Uh, the way that it's—well, I don't know if it's used for military assemblies. Are you talking about— in, in the Greek setting, yeah. the way that it is translated um, or the way that it is used in, he- in, in when it's translated from the Hebrew typically just means an assembly, a congregation. So if Jesus is making a connection from what he was talking about to, to the way that it would have been in, say, the, the um, Septuagint, then it would have been gathering. Now, I don't know if maybe Jesus was thinking, hey, contextually, maybe it matches this military thing. I hadn't, I hadn't ever heard of that. Okay, I feel like no. That's... I'm trying to remember where I've read, but it, that um, that ecclesia kind of referred. I I thought it had to do with a, kind of a, a had a martial tone to it. Um, hmm. But not, not that I had ever heard, but that, that might be the case because well, I don't. I, I, will defer I don't know to everything. The, the greater Greek <laughs> scholar out of the two of us, the person who didn't have to take Greek twice because it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they may or may not have been sleeping in the back of the classroom. Well, at we have, six oh, well in the morning I, I will also say that you may be right. It just maybe I have not come across that myself. We have three years of Greek and three people, but <laughs> not, all, not all of us took a year of Greek. So that's all I'm saying. I, I just, I'm, I'm in completely in, enveloped in what you're saying because it's it's very interesting. Actually, there's five years of Greek. Oh my! Five years I'm sorry. of Greek. Three people. Woo. That, um, there you go. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> wow, that just that, I started. I don't know. I, started if it was a, I think it was only a semester, <laughs> two semesters for me. So, so we'll keep it. We can Man. put it back down to that four. But um, but I can, all that to say, for me, any which way you want to take it, whether it's assembly or whatever, 
for me, it always ends and begins with Jesus. And so whether it's talking about, and I, and I definitely, firstly, I 100% think, don't think the church it refers to a 401c3 <laughs> nonprofit organization or worldwide. I don't, I mean, surely the church, <laughs> that, that clearly that couldn't have been Christ's understanding in, uh, in the time and place he was at. But when it comes to, even if it comes to the, you know, I'm going to build my church off of you, we use a lot more of Paul's writings to base our Christian faith off of than we do Peter's teachings. We use, Peter's not even the lead disciple after Christ leaves, it's James is is the leader of the disciples hmm. at the very beginning of the book of Acts. James is their leader. And so for me, I just really love that Jesus says, look at you. You didn't even figure out that I'm the Messiah. God, my Father, showed that to you. You're a little pebble. You're a little rock. And you know what? You're blessed by my presence. You're blessed with me, and you're enough as you are. There is a larger rock out there. Hmm. So would Peter be a chip off the old, old block? Ooh. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm here all week. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't attend the 9 o'clock show. It's exactly the same as the 7, but all week for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Now, I, I just thought it was interesting, and I it, it makes sense from someone who hasn't done Greek or know more in-depth, just that it would fall on Jesus, that this would be what we're building. I mean, the father to send him to this world seems counterproductive to be like, yeah, I'm going to send you. Let's put Peter as the basis of everything. That doesn't seem well, to make sense. Let's go back to Peter, either. what Peter's talking about in, in first Peter, when he says that Jesus is the foundation mm. and we're building a living temple. We are spiritual stones being built into a living temple. To me, that, that is a beautiful picture of the assembly the church, yeah, this living this living temple that that God no longer builds with his his res, residence is no longer wood or gold covered wood or stone building, yeah, but rather it's it's the people that he's chosen. His chosen people are his new living temple. The, and together, and you know, it's the text that um, I believe Paul says, where he says, um, "Where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there with them." Why? Well, because back in First Corinthians, you are the body of Christ, and so we're, when you have an assembly of Christians, you have Christ. You have Christ yeah. there. You are that living embodiment and the foundation, the brain, whatever you want to say. The guiding force is has to be Jesus, the Holy Spirit living in us. Well, and I think just for sheer conjecture, even if Jesus was referring to Peter as the rock, he would be referring to the sheer impossibility that you would use a pebble as a cornerstone, right? right? So that would just be ridiculous and almost funny, hmm. you know, to think that this little pebble would be the cornerstone. Would be the thing, Obviously, yeah. that that 
that alone by itself can't be the cornerstone. So I, I, I don't know, even if however the word play went, I think ultimately it still comes down to Jesus is, is the is the big rock. Well, as we start to wrap it up here, there, there we answered, I think, every question, both services, except for, and I'm going to leave this one to last, mm-hmm. um, because it's going to play into where we're headed next week, according yeah. to Ken's comments. So we'll save this because I just want to make sure that's the last thing we go over. Through the comments, though, there were not so many questions as just, I thought this message really brought some comfort to people who were feeling a lot like Peter. Lamb said, I needed to hear this today. And there were many of those comments. I somehow lost the ones from earlier first service, but there were many of those that were the same. And Kathy said, definitely gave things to think on. My initial thought was the faith of Peter but his was as flawed as mine. As a Christian, I know that Christ is the rock and cornerstone. Just never thought of those verses as saying that. Definitely things to think on and to really look at each verse, which I heard that on Friday night as well. People saying that putting the chosen has put me back in my Bible, in the Gospels, looking at how things have happened and you know our, where where is that creativity license that's being taken, the holy imagination that they're using to tell these stories uh, so well. And Jazzy said, in this week's episode, Jesus told Peter, I will make you fishers of men. You are to gather as many as possible, all kinds. I will sort them out later. Why do we act like the sorting of who is or isn't acceptable to God is our responsibility? Isn't that a pebble versus boulder issue? And I know that next week is the chosen season one, episode seven, invitation, invitations, which that's your favorite episode, Ken. Is that what I'm seeing? Yeah, you'll find I have another favorite episode later on in the uh, <laughs> series. But this is this is. What do we go? For? I didn't. Is, I didn't look ahead. I mean, I, I know I've seen it, but what what does this one cover? This one is Nicodemus coming oh, to Jesus at yeah. night, and then it's also the call of the Ma- of Matthew of the Matthew. disciple. And um, how can that not be one of your favorites? I mean, how can you not fall in love with Nicodemus in yeah. this uh, in this series? I as- feel like if we leave out John three sixteen from from this, we've we've missed something. <laughs> missed so I think that is my theme verse for this uh, for this upcoming sermon is John three sixteen and seventeen, and. Um, Really, to Jazzy, what a great question from last week, and I'm glad that you kind of see where I'm rolling with this um, to a certain extent here, because who are we when we start deciding who we're going to sort? Jesus actually has a parable about that, and I, at the risk of including something that may wind up in my sermon this next week, Jesus uh, just tells a parable about an enemy that goes through and sows uh, weeds into a field of, uh, I believe, wheat. And the servants of the farmer said, well, should we go and weed out, get the weeds out of this 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 field of wheat? And the farmer said, no, you got to leave it alone, because if you start pulling out the weeds, you're going to pull out some of the wheat, too. Hmm. And for some reason, some of us are all too comfortable weeding where we haven't been asked to. One of the things that we're going to notice in this upcoming episode is that, with that you know, I'm not giving anything away, you have Jesus calling Nicodemus, and you have him calling Matthew, which are two people on the polar opposite ends of the social strata in biblical times, in, in biblical Judea at that time. He's, he, and, and so this episode really well captures that Jesus, Jesus calls people from both ends of, of the strata, and so we're going to talk a little bit about what it means 
to follow Jesus, and does that does that mean that you have to get rid of every sin in your life and that you have to get everything figured out before you follow Jesus, or does it mean that the call to follow Jesus is not a, a call that where everything gets figured out in that moment, but the call is to allow Jesus to start sorting things out of your life as you follow him down the road. Mm. And so that's what we'll be talking about this next week. Every week it's, you know, somebody's favorite episode and then you go, yeah, but that scene, ooh, mm. you know, I mean, mm. that's yeah. a good, like every, everyone, like every storyline might not be your favorite. Every character might not be your favorite, but even your, the not so favorite characters can be in, in a storyline in the show that you're just like, I can't, this is, this is too good. And this is, this is one that I think early on that I, th- I think I've seen probably seen it five, six, seven, eight, who knows how many times. And every time though, if if it just doesn't make the hair on your on your arms stand up and, and make you just when him and Nicodemus, their interaction, that's just so good. So if you haven't seen it, please watch it beforehand. And if you're local, twenty eight hundred North Orange Avenue. If you put it in Google, I know you'll find it. We have a ton of people searching. And if you're not local and you start right now, chances <laughs> are wherever you are in the United you'll States, you should be able to get here given enough. Uh, Even let's see. What? We'll see you on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, when, Wednesday. You better get a move on if you're listening to this and you're like West Coast. Forty five hours straight but it, through. But it can be school. done. It can that's, be done. That's as fast as I could do it. Forty five hours. That's pretty quick. San Francisco yeah. to Orlando, no sleep. Straight wow. through nine. Is that uh, on the Harleys? Oh, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, this no. drops early Wednesday morning, so you <laughs> so, have all of Wednesday, all of Thursday, yeah, have all time. of Friday. Yeah, I you're, just you're, feel like you're you can do it. And it can be done. Your ankles will be huge when and you get here. And I want you to but... know, should you do that, we will have a meal for you. Yes. We will. Yes. <laughs> we will feed you if you <laughs> now, try. <laughs> we would like... Just We're going to have con- to see the odometer. To <laughs> prove, I, was, but, yeah. I was just going to say, we need some confirmation. <laughs> Keep your receipts, you know, and uh, a picture of the odometer before you leave and all that good stuff. GPS, uh, you know, Just flying counters, they have to drive. If you drive, if you fly, we'll still make you lunch. Absolutely. If okay. you if you show up on Saturday, I will guarantee that I can. We we'll just will need fi- a copy of your airline miles. That's right. We will find. <laughs> so if you know flying is cheating a little bit, but it can be done in a car. It it, it absolutely can yeah, be. There we go. So, all right. Well, I am looking forward to each week. It's like a little bit something different, and it's been fun so far. And I, I seeing the episodes that we have upcoming. My favorite coming in a couple of weeks. I am super excited. So <laughs> please do come Friday night, though. It was really nice to just hang out. And we oh, had about 45, 50 people, something like that. And just to be able to hear everyone else's commentary. I mean, I've watched it with my family a ton of times, and we discuss and it popcorn. every time. Mm-hmm. And, and they popcorn. actually have extra butter that you can put on that oh, popcorn. Yeah. It's and delicious. extra seasoning. More butter. It's pretty good. Yeah. And so it's a good viewing experience, and we can hang out. If you bring some cash with you, you can make a donation to the youth, and uh, then you can take away some beverages as well. They might even chill those. Maybe even some M&Ms. What? There were M&Ms? There were. There were (sighs) M&Ms. All right. I guess you're going to have to come again on Friday. I guess I'm going to have to come again this Friday. See you there. But hopefully we'll see you guys there as well. So... I think that was it. I was something else I was going to say, and I don't remember what it was. So we'll wait for next week after we've done season one, episode seven, invitations. Have a great week, everyone.